welcome to the Legacy Wrestling Podcast with Sarah, Eli, and Everett. I am one-third of your co-host. My name is Everett, and I'm joined, as always, by Eli and Sarah. How are we doing today, guys? Doing great. Doing great. Fantastic, fantastic. Hey, I heard you guys had a great experience on Friday night. That would be the 21st of July. Why don't you tell me about it? Yeah, we get the opportunity to... Is WWE live here in Fayetteville. Sarah and I were talking last night. I said, you know, typically when the, for us to do this, we're in Western Kansas, you'd have to drive three hours minimal. So for us to be able to live literally seven miles from the arena and to get really good seats at a cheap price to experience uh, uh, some matches was pretty awesome. So it was ever WWE uh, event. This is my was a SmackDown version with you, Everett, in Wichita, Kansas, which we get to see some pretty awesome matches. So it was kind of neat to see a house show rather than a um, uh, a, produ- like a production. A taping. So it was, yeah, yeah. That was, it was definitely interesting, that's for sure. What, what were some of the differences you noticed? Uh, for me, it's a lot more, again, like, there's. A, I feel like it's a more about entertainment. And Sarah said this, too throughout the program, that it's more about entertaining, and we got to see some pretty good matches. Each match went at least 15 to 20 minutes long. It was a three-hour show. So it was jam-packed. We didn't have to deal with a lot of the talking. There were some talking segments, the occasional plug for WWE Network and Battleground coming up. Um, But other than that, it was just a lot of pure action. Um, so it was, it was kind of nice to see, and you get to see some people that you don't normally get to see much action out of on the main, on the main shows. So it was nice to kind of see that as well. What was the card? What did it look like? The card? Uh, they did a triple triple threat tag team match, um, where the tag team titles was Seamus and Cesaro, Gallows and Anderson, and North Carolina's own Hardy Boys. Woohoo! They did... Um, let's see, what else did they have? They had Bray Wyatt versus Apollo Crews. They had Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose against uh, The Miz and Curtis Axel with Maurice. Uh, Who match up TJP? Let me ask you real quick, Eli. Was Maurice as stunning in person as she appears to be on television? Maurice, for once, was not actually dressed up. She was like, what, leather pants and a t-shirt, Sarah? Oh, um, I'm disappointed. I, you broke my heart. No, I know, I know. Like, I mean, we were ways away, so I couldn't really tell. But um, it was kind of interesting to see her in that kind of thing. Um, and then the cruiserweights, Sarah geeked out completely. Because uh, we had t- uh, TJP versus Jack Gallagher. Um, and then um, Finn Balor versus Elias Sampson. Uh, a six-woman tag team match that was Alexa, Nia Jax, and Emma versus Sasha, Bailey, and Dana Brooke with Mickey James as the guest referee. Well, at least and, they're using Emma on the uh, house shows. They're not using her on TV. Yeah. Um, and then, am I missing the other match besides the main event? Sarah? I don't think so. Uh, the main event was Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. And as Braun as big in person as he is on television. Dude, I, Sarah can explain this. Sarah saw him get out of the vehicle because they were still showing up. Um, Sarah, how did you describe Braun as he got out of the truck? <laughs> like the whole thing shook when he got in and out of it. We saw him after the show and he got in. And, out, and the whole thing like shakes. 
I remember my very first WWE event was actually the very first SmackDown taping in Kansas City. And I uh, got to see Big Show. And his hand looked like a catcher's mitt. It's crazy how big some of these guys are. Well, even Roman Reigns looked huge from where we were. You know, it was it was really awesome, um, and it was kind of cool. Like you know, you always see like the online, like the on-screen personalities of it. Um, and Sarah is one that's usually pretty vocal about the heels, like Alexa Bliss, Braun Strowman, all those guys. But last time she's like, you know what? If we happen to run into these guys, I'm probably going to have to ask them for an autograph and a picture. <laughs> but it is really neat to see them. And like we were yelling at the people as they're going to their vehicles. Um, after the show, and Braun Strowman said, thanks for having us. Like, we all got in, and he waved to us, so it was really cool. It was that's, a neat thing to see. That's really different than uh, how they do it in NXT. Last May, when I went and saw an NXT live taping with my coworker Domingo and his friend Griffin, uh, we went outside to meet and see everyone after the show, and uh, they would come out, shake our hands, take a few pictures, and then all pile into a bus and go to the next town. So it's interesting to see that the superstars on the main roster travel individually. Oh, the parking stuff? Mm-hmm. Where we were waiting for them? Yeah. Uh, it was cool. We had to wait for a while, but it was really cool to see them afterwards. I mean, Seth Rollins was in his man bun, so <laughs> yes, of course. But like, we didn't really get to see a lot of them. Like, I think we saw Bailey and we saw Alexa and Naya and... Um, Dana come out in one car and it was just see who it was just cool to see who came with who and who rode with who and stuff but it was really cool to see them afterwards even though we really didn't get to see them close up and we were waiting to see who would come because there was this big tour bus in the back and we were trying to wait and who, uh, see who would go into it because we thought maybe you know Robin had the big bus because you know he's got the big ego or anything but then finally what we waited for like 45 minutes afterwards and then finally one guy's like, you know what, I bet that's for the stage crew. So all these people were waiting for this big superstar to come out. We're like, this is the stage crew bus. And we decided that we were done and left. You know, I don't so, know if Roman travels by bus or not. I know Randy Orton travels by bus. Um, I know John Cena has a bus. And when CM Punk was with WWE, he had a bus. Um, so it, it's reasonable to expect it was Roman. He's the top guy in the company right now, you know, he's main evented a couple of WrestleManias. He's probably one of the most paid superstars on the roster. It would make sense for him to have a bus just so he wouldn't have to sit in a, you know, small SUV or car or something like that and have to travel to Orlando or North or wherever they're at tonight. So, but uh, it's also possible it's for the stage crew. I could see that happening, too, you know, so they don't have to. We actually saw Roman get into the, an SUV to a set. Really? So it was kind of neat to see those pair ups. Like Sarah said, we saw Bailey, or not Bailey. We saw Naya, Alexa, and Dana all get into one vehicle. Jack Gallagher and TJP were in one vehicle. Um, Seth and Roman were in a vehicle. And I think that's the only ones we saw that traveled as groups. Bailey drove by herself that we saw at least. I remember when the Shield was around, Dean or Seth on the network said that the three of them, Roman, Dean, and Seth, did all travel together all the time. And that's kind of what we were hoping to see. We kind of thought maybe the bus would be 
the Shield reunion tour bus is what I did. Um, but we it was cool to see Seth and Roman to get in the same vehicle. So that's kind of cool to still see that. And of course, oh, Finn and Gallows and Anderson all rode together. And you know their history goes back to Japan, where they were part of the Bullet Club together. Right. Um, but like I said, like this was Sarah's first event, so I want Sarah. I want you to take a little time and tell us like exactly what you thought of everything from God and everything. Just as the newest fan of WWE in our family, what was you? What was what did you think? Um, I was very disappointed with the crowd. They were pretty boring. They didn't really know how to get hype, as we call it. They didn't really interact a lot, so that's why I it comes back to like how many people actually know WWE or what's gone. How many people just came to go do something on a Friday night? Like uh, the people that are sitting next to us, it seems like they've never watched WWE in their lives. They didn't really cheer for anyone. The woman in front of me, she loves Roman. She was like dancing and Roman. It's my future husband. All yeah, that good my stuff. future husband and all that, but. Like, the crowd didn't really seem to know a lot of people except for the main people. So, like, but I loved it. It was a great experience. It's definitely different watching it on TV. Like, the whole night it set it it set in all the time. Like, wow, I'm actually here. They're actually there. I could literally just walk up and touch one if I wanted to. They're not on TV. But it was really cool to see them. I'm, I'm sad I didn't get to see them afterwards. Like, they weren't, like, out in the lobby somewhere doing autographs and stuff. So, that's kind of a bummer there. But it was really cool to see them live and stuff. And it was a great experience. And I can't wait to go to uh, WrestleMania next year on the front row. They're, they're only, like, $10,000 a ticket. <laughs> well, I'm saving up. <laughs> it's, he's on his own. If he doesn't get it, I'm just leaving without him. There you go. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would go to WrestleMania in a heartbeat myself. Mm. All right. Well, should we go ahead and go into our one count and discuss the news story, one of the big news stories of the week? Let's go for it. All right. One. Well, our one count today or this week going to be a little different. There were uh, several major news stories in the WWE this week. Shane McMahon survived a helicopter crash. At uh, San Diego Comic-Con, they released a new line of, um, I guess the best way to describe it would be wrestling Barbie figures. They kind of look like uh, the Barbie model, but in the style of our favorite uh, women's wrestlers. But the one I decided to uh, narrow in on is the very quiet retirement of uh, a gentleman that Eli and I got to see at our live SmackDown show that we went to, uh, Mark Henry. What do you feel about that, Eli? Uh, two-time Olympian in 92 and 96, joined the WWE in 1996, so he's been with the company for uh, over 20 years and uh, has retired from in-ring competitions moving to a backstage position. What do you think about that? Um, I've been wondering because we hadn't really seen him much. I didn't know where he had went last I knew he was still with WWE, and I hadn't even heard about this until you um, brought it up when we were discussing what we're going to go over uh, this week. Um, but I, I think it's about time. It's been a while since he's been relevant. He's I'll never forget seeing him. I mean, that's one of those guys that looks huge on TV. It looks even bigger in person. Yes. Um, I mean, we saw him after a cage match between Randy Orton and Christian, and that man was huge. I, I would never want to be in the Hall of Pain. And 
you know, he like his whole gimmick. I know we have this angle is you know the sexual chocolate. That that's not just a chocolate. That's not a Hershey Kiss. That's a whole herd. That's Willy Wonka's factory, man. <laughs> like, that's a lot of man. Um, but no, like, he is one of the greats. I, I have a lot of good memories watching him. Like we're seeing him live, and then also on TV too. Um, but definitely, I think that's. Um, I'm not surprised by it. Yeah, I'm not either. A couple of years ago, he did a in an angle with John Cena. Um, he did a fake retirement. So um, I'm kind of glad they just kind of did a very quiet, you know, announcement that he was retiring, moving to a backstage position. They did something similar when Christian retired um, from active in-ring competition a couple of years ago. Just very quiet. Hey, Jay, I don't remember his last name, uh, a.k.a. Christian, has retired from active WWE competition. So... Um, some of them, they do the big, you know, send off for like they did with, uh, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and other ones. They just kind of, you know, fade quietly into the night. Right. All right. Well, let's now go into our two count. And our two count this week is who are our favorite NXT wrestlers. Let's start again with Eli and Sarah. Why don't you guys tell uh, tell me who are your favorite, your four favorite NXT wrestlers? Well, um, I honestly like I haven't watched NXT a lot like I do Raw and SmackDown, but Eli made me watch a few of the NXT shows before we started this, and I got a few of my. Uh, Four favorites that I saw that were pretty good wrestlers. My first one, of course, is Bobby Roode. He's so glorious. <laughs> Asuka. I love Asuka. Like, I've always liked her. She's a really good wrestler. I really think they should move her to the Raw roster here soon. Um, I like Johnny because, like, of course, he's another good guy. Like, from a tag team like Enzo, whose tag team partner uh, turned against him. Johnny and Wrestling. Like Johnny Wrestling, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I love Ember Moon. I got to see one of her matches, and she seems really good. I like all her moves. Her finisher is really cool, too, so I really like her as a wrestler as well. Eli, do you happen to know who trained Ember Moon? I think you told me at one point, but I can't remember. Um, the finish, is it, Does it have anything to do with the finisher? No. Um, I believe, okay. well, it might, kind of. I believe, if I'm remembering correctly that ember moon was trained by the dudley boys oh, and right, right, right. You did tell me so that you know baba ray's portion of the 3d is a stunner uh it's a modified mm-hmm. stunner um and embers is kind of a second rope stunner so uh yeah i thought that was interesting eli why don't you go ahead and give me your top four nxt wrestlers um, this list actually might surprise you. I don't know if you looked over the sheet or not since we uh, sent it out. Um, but I, I'm going with some people that I think are kind of under the radar a little bit, just people who I kind of like seeing for different reasons. Um, one of my favorite ones, and in, uh, in, I'm, I'm Hispanic, I'm a Hispanic nature. You know, we kind of get the luchadors. Like, I love Rick Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero. You know, I didn't like Alberto Del Rio. But now, you know, um, but I love Andre Cien Almas. I love how he wrestles. I love his style. I love his attitude. I love that character, uh, Andre. He is great. Fantastic. Um, 
Tyler Bate. I know you picked um, another uh, European wrestler, but I like Tyler Bate for being as young as he is. He's very impressive. Um, I've always enjoyed watching his matches. I watched it in the UK uh, tournament. Uh, I watched his title defenses. I just really enjoyed watching Tyler Bate. I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him. Uh, Hideo Itami, um, I, I like that he um, he struggled a little bit. I think this new rivalry with Cassius Ono will be good. Um, I love his finisher of the famous go to sleep. Um, and then for the women, the iconic duo of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Um, I know they're just kind of biding their time now with the May Young tournament coming up, but I really like watching them work. They they kind of amplify uh, like a women's tag team that we don't I don't know that we've really seen before. I mean, we've seen the Bellas and Twin Magic, but it's not even. I think uh, the iconic duo is definitely um, something new and refreshing to women's wrestling. Well, I'll tell you the closest things I can think of to the iconic duo is um, Lay Cool, which yeah. uh, um, Layla and Michelle McCool, where they actually shared kind of freebird rule style the women's or the divas championship at the time and then there was a group in tna called the beautiful people uh which was two very blonde women that also kind of worked together um tna did have a women's tag team division for a while so i'm kind of wondering if we might not see a small women's tag team division develop in wwe uh it's something to kind of think about also, I was wrong. It was not the Dudley Boys that trained Ember Moon. It was Booker T that trained Ember Moon, as she does hail from Dallas, Texas. Same as the five-time, 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 five-time world heavyweight champion, Booker T. King Booker. Shucky Ducky. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and go into my top four. Um... Interestingly, Andrea Cian Almas almost made my list. Um, so did Hideo Itami. And um, an interesting one that almost made my list, Eli, No Way Jose. But <laughs> I forgot about No Way. I, I he hasn't totally been on in a while, but he is fun to watch. But my top four are Glorious Bobby Roode, who I've been a fan of since going back to TNA. Uh, he was in a tag team with James Storm called Beer Money. They did a best of five series with the Motor City Machine Guns. And that was at a time when TNA was putting on some great shows and nobody was watching. Number two, uh, Drew McIntyre, the chosen one, part of the three-man band. Who would think that... Uh, at the height of the three-man band era, that uh, sooner or later, Drew McIntyre would be wrestling for the NXT Championship, and Jinder Mahal would be our WWE Heavyweight Championship, and he Slater's in a tag team with Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Number three is also a TNA, um, I don't know if he was a TNA original, but a TNA export, Eric Young. And to be honest, I really love all of Insanity's gimmick. Um, Nikki Cross, the other two guys, and Eric Young. I just really dig that that um, stable. It's it's very unique in that they're not you know copying the Legion of Doom like um, the Ascension is or the Authors of Pain. They're not 
doing anything like uh, the Wyatt family. They're kind of their own unique sort of dystopian stable, I guess. And uh, I think that's really clever. And then my number four, the Englishman that Eli mentioned, Pete Dunne. I uh, saw a fan-made video of uh, a new group of evolution uh, that someone proposed. And it was uh, Kevin Owens, obviously Triple H. Kevin Owens was one, Samoa Joe, and Pete Dunne. And he's hard-hitting. He's, you know, he could fit in if they wanted to do, if he gets called up to the main roster or they happen to be in the UK and they want to do a segment with him and the Revival, their styles all really mesh really well together. I like that that English-style hard-hitting wrestling. Three! All right, well, let's go into our three-count now with reactions and predictions. Let's get a reaction, each of you, from uh, Raw. Eli, why don't you start us off? Um, from Raw, my uh, reaction was uh, the whole Rollins-Ambrose segment to start Raw off. Again, it was kind of, again for us, we got to see something that not everyone gets to see, in which it was a tag team match with uh, The Miz and Curtis Axel. And I didn't mention this earlier. Miz is a good uh, – Miz might be one of the best heels that I've ever seen. I agree. Oh, my goodness. That man turned a whole place against him. Goodness. Um, he is probably the last, he's probably one of the best pure heels we've seen since Vicky Guerrero, who with an excuse me, could get just the booze rained down on her. Right. Um, but it was really interesting because originally, of course, these cards changed when they released the card for our event last night, they was supposed to be an IC championship for, um, Miz versus Ambrose. Well, now it turned into a tag team match. And we were like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And Miz came out and said, um, you know, I know Ari's like, you're jealous because they made something about Curtis Axel. Or he's jealous that you don't have a beautiful woman um, like Maurice. Or you're jealous because I don't get to defend my championship here tonight. A lot of people get yelled at that. And he goes, I couldn't ever defend my place in a place like Fayetteville. And that drove a huge move from the crowd. You know, it was it was good. And actually, Miz actually did his catchphrase, Everett. When's the last time you saw Miz do, because I'm the Miz. And I'm, and I'm awesome. nice. I don't remember the last time I've, I've seen him do that. And it was awesome because, like, the group or the session we were at, we actually had a few people that actually knew kind of what to do. And we tried to get a Miz is awful chant going, but no one ever took off. Um, but we had to see... Rollins and Ambrose um, tag up in a really great situation in which they did so much. Like, that might have been, I think, my favorite match of the night, honestly, um, was watching that tag match because of just how they build each other and watching Rollins and Ambrose work together. But I think it's crucial. Um, that whole thing started on Monday, seeing Rollins come out and actually say sorry. Um, Dean Ambrose quoted from uh, Billy Madison when I say, I see your lips are moving, but I can't hear no, any words. Like, you know, I'm deaf. Like, it's it's so great. I love that. I think we're building this. I don't know exactly what's going to culminate of it, but I'm excited to see what happens this week with the three-on-two handicap match. Um, but I really like how, you know, Raw does the more storyline stuff. But I like that this storyline, I think it's one that they've been avoiding for a while. And I'm glad to see that Rollins and Ambrose are, are talking things out again. 
I 100% agree. Sarah from Raw, what was the segment that stood out to you the most? Um, I'm going to talk about Bailey goes one-on-one with Alexa Bliss, which is really surprising because I really would have a match with Alexa. I thought it would be kind of more Sasha Woods since they're kind of getting that rivalry started right now. But uh, Bailey did really good during the match. So did Alexa, but... And then Nia Jax came out, and I'm like, well, this is not going to be fair. We're going to interfere with this, and then Alexa's going to win just your typical women's match. But no, she was just watching, and then all of a sudden, Sasha came out and started attacking Nia Jax. And I got, like, pumped. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, like, your typical Sasha and Bailey and Alexa and Nia Jax. But honestly, like, I love Bailey. I do. But honestly, if Sasha didn't come out, and distract Nia um, Jax. I don't think she would have won that match. I think Alexa pretty much bag at that time. Um, but if it wasn't for Sasha, Bailey probably wouldn't have won it. And then I really was upset. Like Bailey was just like, "Well, I pinned her," and I was like, "I love you, Bailey, and all that." But like, it's because of Sasha. Sasha helped you. If it wasn't for her, uh, Alexa wouldn't have got distracted and. She, you wouldn't have been able to do your finisher on her and stuff like that. And so I'm, I don't know how I feel about them interesting. So, like I said, Bailey probably wouldn't have won that. Another great segment, I agree. Well, the angle from Raw that stood out to me the most was the one I'm surprised you didn't talk about, Eli. And that is the Kurt Angle-Jason Jordan reveal that in storyline, Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's illegitimate son from high school. Now, I know there's been some speculation that uh, this would happen or that it would be Chad Gable or something else. And it's something that I've wanted to see for a long time, and that's American Alpha be managed by Kurt Angle, but if I can't get them together with Kurt, I'll gladly take Jason Jordan as uh, uh, managed or whatever they're going to do with Kurt Angle. And, uh, you know, going back to NXT, uh, people would point out when uh, Jason Jordan would pull those straps off his singlet that he looked a lot like Kurt Angle, or it was a very Kurt Angle-like move to do. So I'm excited to see where this goes. And the consensus is that uh, Jason Jordan needs this rub from Kurt Angle more than Chad Gable does. So, again, that's the segment that really stood out to me. It'll be interesting. Um, I, I just love the reaction from uh, Chad Gable on SmackDown and on Twitter that night. Being what? Like, and I, I think you're right. I think Jason Jordan uh, will benefit from this push more than the other one because, we, as we've seen, Chad Gable and AJ Styles. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think it was a good call by using um, Jason Jordan, who's been on off TV for several weeks in this position, as opposed to Chad Gable. All right, now let's go to three reactions from SmackDown. Sarah, why don't you start us off? What was the segment that stood out to you on SmackDown? I'm going to talk about Sammy and Mike. That's very interesting. I didn't think Mike would actually wrestle. But I kind of got the idea since, like, they kept, they came out, those two lovebirds, as you call it. They annoyed the crap out of me. Um, but, uh, and Sami Zayn's, like, matches are always interrupting them. So I was like, oh, there might be a feud between Sami and Mike. And then on last SmackDown, they um, had a match. And, of course, 
um, what's Mike's wife's name? Maria. Maria? Yeah, and of course Maria, like, interferes. Like, honestly, what I is that they are the Miz and Maurice of uh, SmackDown. <laughs> they are. If you think about it, they are. But, like, um... I thought that was interesting, and I'm guess I guess they're gonna have a feud going on. But I didn't. It was a good match. I didn't think Mike would win. I thought Sammy would win. So yeah, I thought it was very interesting. I agree um, that uh, Mike and Maria uh, had kind of a similar gimmick in Ring of Honor and very briefly in TNA, and uh, I think it's a good role for them to kind of fit into that hole that. Uh, the Miz and Maurice left when they moved to Raw. So I, yeah, I heard Eli laughing, but I think that's pretty spot on analysis, Sarah. Thank you. Well, that, that and like, you know, this is going to lead to Miz and Maurice versus Mike and Maria WrestleMania. Only people that actually wrestle are Mike and Miz. I would so, honestly be okay with that though. <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to cheer for in that kind of situation. Maybe the Miz. Miz. <laughs> Those other two just annoy me. It's the greatest love. Yeah. I'll be like, oh my god, these two. Eli, what was the segment that stood out to you? Charlotte and Becky. And I know I've been on this kick of I've been on a rant, and Sarah's getting tired of hearing me say this. And I know, Everett, you kind of agree with me at this point. Same thing with the Hardys. We have people with the belt that I don't necessarily think needed at this time. Um, same thing kind of goes for the women's division on SmackDown. Naomi has been in the business a long time. She was a Funkadactyl. I get that, you know, but I, I don't. I can't take. I think the only person I can take that uses their back end as a finisher. If that's the only person that should make using their backside a finisher. No, I'm sorry. Real but, quick, Eli, have you ever shown Sarah any Rikishi hey, videos? No, no. I need to show her like Skylight Do Hottie and. You know, too cool. I got, I got to show her that. You got to show her the the Royal Rumble from '99, uh, I believe, uh, where all three of them were in the ring at the same time. One of the best moments I, in the Royal Rumble. I may have to go pull that out for her. I haven't done that yet. Um, but again, here's my thing: we have two great athletes in Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. You know, two great athletes. One of the best women's matches we've seen in a while. On SmackDown because we keep getting Naomi versus Lana because Lana can't go and Naomi's not that great and you know Tamina's super kick looks like a she might as well change it to a King Shaza because she can't even get her legs straight like that is so bad but you get you have two high quality athletes that can make a match go and neither one of them is champion it and it, to me that irritates me because I'm like why do we have the belt on someone that doesn't deserve it these women actually brought to to quote Becky straight fire to the to the match and did so good and I'm like this is why I miss watching these two wrestle um, and that's why I don't like Charlotte as a face necessarily because we don't get enough of this um, but I think it's a big mark landmark going in it's a big deal for Becky to win I don't know that she wins we're coming up on the predictions later but I think that was my one of my favorite moments of SmackDown. I'll be honest it was a great segment um, know about what happens. In the May Young tournament, which was taped a week ago, um, I doubt Charlotte turns heel any until at least um, September, uh, because the May Young Classic will air. They'll drop all the episodes in August, and then the round two the next week, and then the championship will be 
in, in Vegas. Um, championship. I don't know what they get a trophy and who knows. But um, I'll, I'll just... One of the four horse women is... Ronda Rousey's four horse women is in the Mae Young Classic. And Ronda and the other three, other two uh, were at the tapings to support her. Um, so naturally, Sasha, Becky... Sasha, Becky, Bailey, and... Um, Charlotte. Charlotte. God, I was blanking there. Uh, were also there, and they had a, a bit of a confrontation at the Mae Young Classic between uh, Rhonda's Four Horsewomen and Charlotte's Four Horsewomen. So, um, with Sasha being there via FaceTime because she was on tour or promotion in Europe or India or Egypt or somewhere. So... Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that we won't see a Sasha turning on Bailey or vice versa or Becky turning on Charlotte until at least the end of the May Young Classic, just because they'll want that um, promotion through ESPN, Sports Illustrated, etc. That Ronda will bring them. My big thing that I took away from SmackDown was the AJ Shinsuke versus Kevin Owens Baron Corbin match. Three of my favorites and Baron Corbin. <laughs> uh, put on a fantastic match, I thought. Just a real solid barn burner of a match. A uh, little surprised to see Kevin Owens and Baron win. Um, but at the same time, not really. We'll get into that in the predictions a little bit. But I thought that was a fantastic match between... Uh, Three of the best wrestlers in the business right now, and Baron Corbin. <laughs> All right, let's go into Battleground predictions. We have Battleground this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. And the card is like this. I will uh, name the card. Uh, one of you two give me your prediction, then the other one, then I'll give mine to end each match on the card. So, first match in the pre show, we have Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. Who are you guys going with? Um, I'm going for Ty Dillinger, even though like I've only seen him wrestle a few times and I'm not really familiar with him. I'm familiar with um, Aiden because he sings before he does a match all the time. So I'm very familiar with him. I think Ty Dillinger is a very uh, good wrestler. I definitely think he deserves a chance at the title. Um, so I think he has a very good chance of winning this match between Aiden. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to go Ty Dillinger. It's going to be a perfect 10, uh, the way to start off the kickoff show. I miss Ty. I'm glad to see him getting at least a little bit more action, even if it is on the kickoff show. I'm going to go Ty Dillinger as well. Um, I think storyline sense, it makes sense to give him the win. Um, and he's, he's more popular than Aiden English. Um, so, and they tend to do heel, or heels lose, faces win on the pre-show. Next, we have Sami Zayn versus Mike Kalnellis. All right, who do you guys pick? I'm probably going to pick Sami. Um, I think he's a great wrestler. I think he has a chance of winning against Mike. Mike is new. They might give him that they might give him a push that he needs. And Sammy had like all these chances, a lot of chances 
but I feel like Mike's probably going to win this since he is new and they're probably going to give him that extra push that he needs to succeed in SmackDown. Um, I'm As much as I'd like to see Sammy win, I think they can afford a loss. I think Canellis uh, picks up a win here. Again, he's new. They don't want to see him drop too many. Um, so I think Canellis is going to get the win on the kickoff show. I'm also going to go with Mike Canellis. Um, they put a lot of money in him and Maria. Um, they pushed them straight to the main roster. No time spent in NXT. Sami Zayn's kind of the Bray Wyatt of SmackDown in that he always has big feuds, good storylines, and he never wins. So I'm going to go with Mike on this one as well. All right. Going to the fatal four-way elimination match. Charlotte Flair versus Natalia versus Becky Lynch versus Tamina Snuka versus Lana. Who are we picking here? Um, I'm going with Charlotte. I definitely think she has a chance of winning this. I feel like she deserves a chance at the title. She's a great athlete. I mean, from her dad, what I don't get is why Lana is in this match. She had tons, tons of times to get it, and she literally got her butt kicked in 10 seconds. So I don't know why she's in this match. I really don't. It actually upsets me because, like, she's had three chances while Charlotte, Natalia, Becky, and Tamina had no chances, but Lana's getting another chance. But I definitely think Charlotte or Becky has a good chance of winning this, so I'm going to go probably with Charlotte because she's the best athlete on SmackDown, and she's definitely better than all the uh, girl uh, women's athletes in SmackDown. I'm going to go, oh man, I've been kind of, I think I'm going to go Becky Lynch. I think the win for her on, on Tuesday was big. And I think you could very well possibly see um, Charlotte versus Becky in the end. But I also don't know how this whole Tamina-Lana friendship is going to play out in this match. Um, but Becky Lynch uh, finds a way to win and maybe gets a shot at Naomi for SummerSlam for the title. I'm going to pick, and this is going to be out of left field. I'm going to pick Tamina. Um, I think it'll come down to Tamina, Natalia, and Lana in the ring. Latana, Lana, excuse me, will start to smirk thinking that she's won because Tamina and Natalia have been helping her out. They'll decimate Lana, and then we'll see a, uh, a fight between Natalia and Tamina, and I think it goes to Tamina. Um, not that... Uh, I think Tamina Naomi is a great SmackDown women's match, especially going into SummerSlam. But um, it's just I've I've just got a feeling that it'll come down to Tamina versus Lana at the end, or Natalia Tamina versus Lana. Lana gets out and it goes down to Tamina. Just going with my gut here. Usos versus New Day Tag Team Championship match. Who are we picking over there? Um, I'm, I'm going to stay with the, I love the New Day, but like I said, like, like Eli says, like, I don't think they're going to make a belt change until SummerSlam, but you know, you never know they win. So I'm going to go with New Day. I'm going to go with the Usos. I think it's, I still think it's a little soon for them to transition that over. I think they're waiting for a big moment. Usos, hold on. I'm going to go New Day via disqualification so the Usos hold on to their belt for the big rematch at SummerSlam. 
And then we have Shinsuke versus our favorite wrestler, Mr. Baron Corbin. <laughs> I I think Shinsuke's going to win. He's a great athlete, but I don't know. They could give it to Baron Corbin since he is he has the money in the bank and everything. But I don't know. I've, I'm going for Shinsuke. I don't know what's going to happen in that match. Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, I, I, I think Corbin is still going to try and push him. Shin's one of those and still keep faith because he is Shinsuke. So I think Corbin cheaply will get a win here. I'm going to say Baron Corbin cheaply takes a loss, similar to the Usos versus New Day. Um, they like to have the Money in the Bank winner lose matches. Uh, if you, you can kind of start to see that pattern over the past couple of years. Someone gets the Money in the Bank match, they start to lose a lot, then they come in, cash the Money in the Bank, and win. Um, but I don't think they want him to take the pin. Uh, so I think Baron Corbin loses, but it's a cheap lot. You know, it's a cheap win for Shinsuke. Baron gets counted out, gets a DQ, something like that. We have a flag match next. Cena versus Rusev. Give me your picks. Um, I'm going with Sienna. I mean, he uh, just came back to SmackDown, and I've never heard of Rusev before. I found out that he's Lana's wife, husband. husband. And um, uh, Cena's a great wrestler. Uh, oh, come on. America. America <laughs> always wins. <laughs> um. Interestingly enough, the last time Rusev was in a flag match, he actually won against Jack Swagger. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think I'm gonna have to go with Seed on this one. Um, but I think Rusev attacks and you know, does keep bringing the whole heel thing, even though we've seen this rivalry a thousand times. I think Cena's gonna get the win and followed by an attack by Rusev. I'm gonna go Cena as well. Um, I. It's- they don't tend to have foreign heels win, especially something like a flag match. Although you're right, he did do it against Jack Swagger, but Jack Swagger was nowhere near at the level John Cena is. This is John Cena's first match coming back from his, um, I don't even know what to call it, vacation, where he filmed true his TV show and probably a movie or two, something like that. So I think the win goes to Cena. Next, the match that I actually think will close the show. I I don't think that uh, the championship match will be the one that closes the show. I think our U.S. title match will be the one that closes the show. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. I'm going to go with AJ Styles. Like I said, I don't think they're going to make any belt SummerSlam, and I just don't like Kevin Owens. He's not a good wrestler, and I think since Styles won this at a house match, I think going to keep it for a while. I don't know how long, but I don't think he'll lose it at um, Battleground tomorrow. So, yeah. I'm going to agree with Sarah. I think AJ holds on here. I think we're going to build to a bigger thing here coming to the SummerSlam. I think AJ Styles will keep it, and I think KO is going to keep the uh, title as the new face of America. I think AJ Styles also keeps it as well, as much as it pains me, because I love Kevin Owens, and He's a slur, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. Um, but uh, I think honestly, they're going to build AJ versus Shinsuke at SummerSlam. 
uh, a face versus face match there. So I think AJ retains. And then the match that honestly would not surprise me if it opens the mat, the, the pay-per-view, uh, Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton, WWE Championship. As much as I hate to say this, Jinder will probably win this match. Like I said again, it's they're not going to make any belt changes with some so close. I think Jinder has this, so I'm going to go with him. I think Jinder's going to win, too. I think the Singh brothers will somehow get involved, even though they made a big stipulation that Randy Orton says, you take it away, you're ace in the hole. This is a no-disqualification match, and as we've seen, people doesn't stop people from climbing into the cages. I've never seen a Punjabi prison match, um, but I, I think Jinder and the Singh brothers somehow get a, put, get a win here against Randy Orton. You know, this is the one that I could see honestly going either way. Um, I've seen one Punjabi prison match. Um, it was the great Kali, and it was horrible because Kali couldn't wrestle. I think this is the first chance we get to see the Punjabi prison at its full potential. Um, so I could see them giving the win to gender so that they have a new gimmick match to build around, kind of like the first several Hell in a Cell um, focused mostly around Undertaker. Um, but at the same time, if they're going to do a belt change at Battleground, this is the match I think it's going to be at. Um, I could see if they don't do AJ versus Shinsuke at SummerSlam uh, for the U.S. title, I could see Orton versus AJ for the WWE Championship. But I think I'm going to go with gender retains as well. Um, I see a lot of possibilities, but I think gender retains here. So that's our look at the Battleground pay-per-view. Are you excited about Battleground? Yes, duh. I'm excited. I think it's going to be one of the best cards that SmackDown has had in a while. It's a fantastic card. I Build-up hasn't been as great as I would have liked outside of uh, Jinder and Orton. Um, but it's been a, it's, it's a, they've put together a fantastic card. So I know we'll all be watching tomorrow night. Uh, actually tonight when this uh, episode airs, we're recording on Saturday. So let's go into our plugs as we close things down for another edition of the Legacy Wrestling Podcast. First of all, we are on iTunes, Stitcher. I said last week, Spotify. We're not on Spotify. I haven't figured out that algorithm yet, but we are on Stitcher. So iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. You know, I honestly didn't use Spotify to listen to podcasts until one podcast I listened to said that they were no longer on Spotify, and another podcast I listened to said that they just got on Spotify. So um, I didn't even know podcasts on Spotify were a thing. So we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn Radio app. Look for us there. Like us, subscribe, leave a review. We're also on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Legacy Wrestling Podcast. We have a uh, Facebook page, facebook.com Legacy Wrestling Pod, and a Twitter account at Legacy Pod. Legacy underscore pod is our Twitter account. Uh, you guys got anything you want to plug? Um, we've started doing DDP Yoga. It's been um, hard for me because the portion sizes suck. Oh, my goodness. I'm starving all the time. But 
Um, I started to see uh, a difference. And a shout out to DDP, who now follows me and Sarah on on Twitter. To DDP, thank you for an amazing program that uh, we uh, we sliced off a little bit this week, but we're going to jump right back on that. And it's just been a life changing thing, and I, it's definitely made a difference. Definitely you guys have been been doing it for what about two weeks now, three weeks? Two weeks. This will be our third week. Third week. Are you noticing more flexibility? Anything? What? Give me a give me an endorsement for DDP yoga. First off, if you are inflexible like I am, don't do it next to someone who's a former dancer and collegiate cheerleader like Sarah, because you will feel like total junk. Um, but definitely for me, um, I work with kids uh, five days a week, and it used to always bother my back, uh, always having to bend over to help them walk or push a scooter or whatever. Uh, but since doing DDP yoga, um, it's I definitely had not been in as much pain. I've complained less about being so sore. Um, and I can definitely tell when I've missed because the pain starts to come back. So uh, for me, um, being a former athlete and my body taking bumps and bruises, um, it's definitely kind of made a big impact in the short term. And that we've done it. I mean, see where the change goes over the next couple months. Fantastic. So that's going to do it for another edition of Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye. Goodbye.